Hi, everybody. This is Drew with the Once Was Lost Missing Persons Edition here. First, I want to thank everyone for putting up with last uh, last week's episode on the Johnny Gosh episode. I, I just needed to get out what this is all about, and it's all about you. It's not about us. This podcast is the forward-facing segment of the OWL Once Was Lost Missing Persons tool. The tool may one day save one of your own family members or just having it ready on your phone. That's all you got to do. So as explained within a moment's notice, everything important will be sent out to the legions of OWL members like troops deployed on a mission. That's how this works, a mission of good. And God willing, we may even just find them in that first crucial hour, but it takes you all to make this happen. So the Patreon shout out as well worked and we do have Patreon support. So again, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for subscribing and rating as well as downloading the app that's growing daily. Many of you becoming a part of the solution because this app is free and it's maintained by Nick Conway. He's constantly updating the app so that you all are kept safe from harm. The podcast is a one-man rodeo as well and its role of being the front-facing tool we also must be supported so we can get better with each episode and the production gets better with each episode. So thank you for putting up with our crudeness and thank you all for the support and well wishes we've, we've uh, received. Seems most of you understand what it is we are doing here and uh, you know that we are growing. So if you also want to be a part of the solution, please go to www.patreon forward slash once was lost. That's O-N-C-E-W-A-S-L-O-S-T, once was lost, and pledge $3 a month so that we can be ready for anything that comes our or your way. Let's get this going. We're going to discuss the Terra Calico case on this episode. There's a lot of info and a lot of updates. Let's just get this going. So on the morning of September 20th, 1988, 19-year-old Terra Calico left her home in Bellin, New Mexico to embark on a 36-mile bike ride along New Mexico State Road 47. The events of that morning weren't unusual, according to Tara's mother, Patty Dole. Her daughter biked this route almost daily. Before leaving around 9.30 a.m., Tara asked prophetically for her mom to come get her if she wasn't home by noon because she had plans with her boyfriend that day. Patty agreed and unknowingly said goodbye to her daughter for the last time. When she didn't return by 12 p.m., Patty set out to find her, and after driving back and forth twice, there was no sign of Tara along the normal route that she used to bike. So as panic set in, Patty called the Valencia County Sheriff's Department to report her daughter missing. For weeks, investigators searched the area, local and state police, as well as hundreds of volunteers combed the area on foot, horseback, four-wheelers, and planes. The only evidence they found were pieces of Tara's broken Sony Walkman and bike tracks. Her stepfather, John Dole, recalls that the track marks looked more like skids, perhaps a sign of a struggle. Although no one witnessed an abduction, seven people later reported that they saw Tara riding back toward her home at roughly 11.45 a.m. She was said to have her headphones on and multiple witnesses recalled an older model pickup trailing behind her. It's believed that the truck was pulling a shell camper. And in the first nine months since Tara disappeared, this was the only information investigators did obtain. Until June 1989, 
when a strange development swept the nation, a woman in Port St. Joe, Florida, spotted a gruesome Polaroid photo in the parking lot of a convenience store. Excuse me. You guys need to go to the uh, Once Was Lost, uh, I'm sorry, Once Was Lost uh, uh, internet site or site, (laughs) which which you can also find just by going to a sonderproduction.com. Uh, I believe you can also find it, you know, just under looking up, pull up a pew podcast and the, uh, owl once was lost podcast. But anyways, those pictures are uploaded onto the site so you can check them out or you can just look them up online. It's pretty easy to find. So the police were immediately contacted and the woman told them that a windowless Toyota cargo van was parked there when she entered the store. She described the van's driver as a man with a mustache who appeared to be in his thirties and officers set up roadblocks, but the vehicle was never found. Polaroid officials confirmed that the picture had to be taken after May 1989 because the type of film used had just recently been made available. The picture was shown on a current affair on the following month, and friends watching the show contacted the Doles, noticing similarities between Tara and the girl in the photograph. Relatives of Michael Henley, a nine-year-old boy who was missing in New Mexico in May of 1988, also saw the episode and thought the boy resembled Michael. The Doles and Henleys met with investigators to examine the picture. Patty Dole and Henley's mother both asserted that the picture was of their children. Tara had a scar on her leg that was identical to the woman's in the picture. Patty also pointed out a visible copy of My Sweet Audrina, by V.C. Andrews in the Proloid, which was Tara's favorite book. And we discussed that in the very first episode, of course. The Doles had the photo analyzed by the Scotland Yard also, who determined that it was Tara. But the Valencia County District Attorney sent it to the Los Alamos National Laboratory, who concluded it wasn't Tara. FBI analysis came back inconclusive. But I, guys, I you know, when you look at that picture and you're able to see Tara, look at the pictures of her, look at the picture in the Polaroid. I'm telling you, it it looks exactly like her. There's analysis done of the earlobes and of the face. Um, now the the boy didn't end up being Michael Henley, but even so, it really does look like look like Tara. So uh, which I'll mention here. So the dolls, again, they had it analyzed and the police had it analyzed on their end. Michael Henley's remains were actually eventually found in the Zuni Mountains in 1990, roughly seven miles from the campsite where he had disappeared two years earlier. So that answered that. This uh, discovery cast immediate doubt that he was the boy in the photograph. Foul play was later ruled out, and it's presumed that Michael died of hypothermia. For nearly two decades, the unsolved case of Tara Kikalko went cold. But in the years since, 2008, several odd circumstances have thrust her story back into the spotlight. Here's the most recent development. So in 2008, Rene Rivera, a Valencia County Sheriff who joined the department the year after Tara went missing, claimed to know what happened in an article for the Valencia County News Bulletin. He says he learned that two men, possibly teenagers who knew Tara, were driving behind her and accidentally hit her bike. He thinks they panicked, drove off with Tara, and then killed her. He alleges that two other men were involved after the murder and have knowledge on the location of Tara's body. He said, we do 
have a case to put together here, but we want to make sure that this case is a concrete case to where we'll be able to effectively do our jobs. We're just waiting to get a little more evidence. Her bicycle, her clothing, or Tara herself, Rivera is quoted as saying in the article. Patty Dole died in 2006, unfortunately. John Dole learned of Rivera's statements through the media and ridiculed the announcement, questioning why the sheriff would comment without enough evidence to make an arrest. As of now, no arrests have been made, and Rivera has not publicly named any suspects. But according to his article on the investigation discovery website, Rivera still maintains his theory, going so far as to say that the boys' families could have even been involved in the cover-up. So that was in 2008. And in 2009, we have this information. So Port St. Joe Police Chief David Barnes received a photograph of a young boy with a black marker drawn over his mouth. Made to look like the 1989 photo, Barnes was mailed a second letter containing an original image of the boy. On the day that Barnes' second letter was postmarked, not his letter, but the Star newspaper in Port St. Joe received the same image of the boy with the marker over his mouth. As the Star was turning the letter over to police, the Gulf County Sheriff's Department was dealing with another odd coincidence that a day a psychic called and reported having visions of the case. The woman claimed Tara was buried in California and described a blue Oldsmobile car. Authorities dismissed her account but noted the peculiar timing. Now we're moving up to 2013. The case was reopened by local and federal agents. A six-person task force was selected and included agents from Homeland Security, the New Mexico State Police Department, the Valencia County Sheriff's Office, the Albuquerque Police Department, and the Bernalillo County Sheriff's Office. A deathbed confession was made by a man named Henry Brown. Brown told police that his neighbor, Lawrence Romero Jr., and several friends openly discussed killing Tara on the day that she went missing. Romero's father was the Valencia County Sheriff at the time of Tara's disappearance. Brown's confession and subsequent documents are public record and can be found. You can look up that information. In 2019, and this is, I made an update to this online, so some of that information is in here. This past October, the FBI announced a reward of up to $20,000 for anyone who had information that would lead to the location of Tara Calico or the arrest of those responsible for her disappearance. The FBI released age progression photos showing what Tara would look currently like today. It's worth noting that two additional Polaroids have been associated with the case. One was found near a construction site in Montecito, California. The film was made after June 1989. The other was taken on film available after February 1990. The first photo is quite blurry, but Patty Dole believed it could be her daughter because the girl appears to have a cowlick and amblyopia in one eye, as did Tara. The second is widely regarded as a gag photo. Had she not been tragically taken so soon, Tara would have celebrated her 51st birthday on February 28th of this year. Tara and I are actually the same age. That's why this case is so important to me. Her family maintained hope and she would someday be found alive. But John Dole and Tara's brother, Chris, know it's unlikely that she'll ever 
or, or actually that, you know, that she's still out there alive. In 2018, Chris discussed Patty's heartache with People Magazine. Mom really did not want to believe that she was dead, period. Patty spent the rest of her life asserting that the girl in the Polaroid was Tara, and it was her glimmer of hope that she would someday be reunited with her daughter. The case has been unsolved for over 30 years, but it's anything but cold. Perhaps in 2020, this is the year that Tara and the Doles finally get justice. This was by Thought Catalog Blog is where I'm getting this information, which was written by Jordan Windnagel. This was all updated on March 15, 2020. So please consider being a part of the Owl family and a part of the solution and support our efforts to dig into the obscene stats on missing people. We can make a difference here. Please subscribe to the podcast. Download the Owl Once Was Lost phone application as well. Be ready at any time with that app to set it and forget it. Please go to Patreon forward slash once was lost and help out with just a $3 a month pledge and be an OWL supporter and be a part of what we are doing here, a part of the solution for you and your family. So I thank you again, all from the bottom of my heart. We'll see you on the next episode. This is Drew and I'm out.